Hey, welcome to the She Heard podcast hosted by author and speaker Laurie Green Westlake. On the She Heard podcast, we cover everything from a woman's role in the church to deep and unexpected dives into your favorite Bible heroes. Laurie's passion is to equip women with courage, boldness, and bravery through biblical study and inspiring narrative. Be sure to check out lauriegreenwestlake.com for additional resources. Welcome to the show. Hello, everyone. I hope you're having a wonderful day, a great start to your day, or a wonderful evening. I am coming to you now from not Albuquerque, New Mexico, but Edgewood, New Mexico. And it is fabulous out here. We are so excited. We moved last week from Albuquerque. Many of you who listen to the podcast know we were selling our house. We sold it. We bought another one. We moved. And the Lord has just blessed us so much. And I never want to tie our material um, pursuits or getting the material things that we desire, like a home in the mountains, uh, to God's blessings, but it is part of it. We know from James and other authors, Paul as well, of the New Testament books, and also from the Psalms and the Proverbs, that blessings don't necessarily equate to our material comforts or desires. However, they do. And I don't mean to be talking out of both sides of my mouth, but our real blessings are spiritual blessings. Jesus covered this on the Sermon of the Mount. Blessed are the poor in spirit. You know those, that list of blessed ours in his sermon. But God, in his grace and great love, does take care of us physically and often above and beyond. Actually, I'm going to say always above and beyond. That doesn't mean when we're in the valley or when we're experiencing physical discomforts, be it an illness or um, or maybe you aren't in great living conditions. Hey, maybe you're homeless living in a car. Know that you're in the valley for a time and a season and that new seasons are coming. And I want to talk about that a little bit today, about new seasons. Before I do, I want to give you an update on the event we had two weeks ago, the Brave Enough event that Vertical Church allowed us to use their sanctuary. Thank you. Thank you, Vertical Church on the west side of Albuquerque. Phenomenal women servants and a incredible pastor who truly sees the servants of God is all working in the same direction as everyone working together. He doesn't have a jealous or competitive bone in his body when it comes to church growth. So any of you looking for a new home, I think you will find that church, or I should say a new home church, I think you will find that church um, very welcoming and very biblically astute. Uh, You'll get the truth and the real truth and nothing but the truth in that church. And that is something that we need today in this culture of lies. We need truth. 
And speaking of needing truth, Jesus Christ said, He is the truth. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. So as we are navigating times when Satan's lies are just coming at us almost overwhelmingly, and culturally, they're coming overwhelmingly, but also slick and underhanded and kind of manipulative in a slow way that we just, as a culture, shift. And that is what has happened. We have shifted to believing lives, believing that our own perception and our own made-up truths can be our own reality. And that is just not true. It is just not real. What is real is the spiritual realm. But that is about, I was talking about vertical church, got off on a little sidetrack there. I've got to get back in the good habit of doing my podcast and staying on bullet points. It's been a couple of weeks because of the move. And I also started a new job. And I want to tell you all about that in another podcast. But back to the women's event, Brave Enough. That event was phenomenal. We had five speakers, two of which gave us devotionals um, from the Word, and we had the other women gave testimonies, and I talked on our identity in Christ and how important that is, and also on David. And there are several podcasts I've done on David. There's so much to explore with the story of David as the anointed king already, but a teenager facing the giant and how he took his place of anointment very seriously. And he is the one that took down the giant. So those were kind of the topics. And the women, oh my gosh, we had an open mic. There was such good stuff coming from the mouths and hearts of the women that were there. And that was my favorite part. It's listening to them stand up and talk about things in their own lives, things that they want to see differently, and how they want to serve the Lord. It was truly a room full of about 58 Ezer warriors, and I was blessed to be there. We'll have another event. I don't have a date yet, and I don't have a geographical location. I don't know if we'll go back to Texas or if we'll do one here in New Mexico again, or if we'll go to another state. I'm in prayer about that and ask you to be in prayer about that as well. Because we, one thing that my, not one thing, but my biggest takeaway from this event was that women need each other. We need to sharpen each other. We need to support each other. We need to encourage each other. And when we get face-to-face in a room, there is such synergy and encouragement there. Oh, it's hard to explain. So even if you can't get to a brave event in the future, find other women to connect with. Hey, be brave and start your own connection group, your own brave group. Get women together, share testimony, and open the word and sharpen your swords, and then wield those swords. The sword is truth. The sword is the symbol of Jesus Christ, and you go out and you fight for Jesus. And so, what I wanted to talk to you today about, I talked a little bit about seasons in the beginning of this podcast, and this contemplation of mine I've been praying for several days about what 
to podcast about, what what topic to cover. And I have been pondering Revelation 7-9, and I've also been emailing back and forth with one of our podcast listeners who's precious to me. I've never met her in person, but she's emailing me at lauriegreenwestlake.com. You can find my email address there if you go to lauriegreenwestlake.com, contact me. But I'll go ahead and put it out here, too. It's lauriemilagro at gmail.com. So she randomly wrote me, and she's been such an encouragement, talking about the seasons that we're in and the seasons of time where we're going. And those who are watchmen on the walls or watch easers on the wall, those of you that are reading the signs and watching them are like many of us feeling that we are rushing towards the time when Christ returns, when prophecies will be fulfilled. As a rule, I don't know about you, but as a rule, I, as a younger person, believe that prophecies were all about doom and gloom and these horrible things that are going to happen on the earth, things we should be fearful of. But God's Word throughout in many forms, commands, not just suggests, but commands that we fear not. Fear of what God is doing is an emotion that Satan really wants you to grab hold of. But God is saying, I am good. I am not to be feared. And anything that he is doing and moving forward is part of his overall plan including the blessed time of eternal bliss, when there is no more death. I mean, death, death is the curse from sin. And in the coming of Jesus Christ and in the new world and the new heavens, there will be no death. That's something to celebrate. But before we get to the new world and the new heavens, there's a whole lot of things to happen, which is what is documented in the book of Revelation. And I do a few blogs on Revelation, trying to make sense and talk in lay terms some of the things that are happening. So you could go to my website and read those blogs. I've titled them by the chapters of Revelation. Then I just got into it, and we'll get back to it. So not the whole book is not um, blogged. I don't blog about the whole book, but at the beginning... The parts that I could understand and pray through and get through, I wrote about. But anyway, yes, Revelation, some of the hard things in Revelation will happen because all prophecy will be fulfilled because if God said it, it's going to happen. But what I wanted to focus on in Revelation today, in this season, is what gives me great hope and what makes me not fear the days ahead. And I'm not date setting, but I read the book. And if you read the book, and I'm sure you have, you know too that there are some prophecies that have yet to be fulfilled that are in our future. And again, the watchmen on the walls or the watch easers on the wall can see that we're entering an era where some of these things could happen. The stage is set Things that we never believed could happen before, 
Now we're looking at technology. Now we're looking at the one coming one world order, one world economy, one world religion that's being talked about at a global level. Now we can actually see or hear or understand that these things are possible because 10 years ago, 15 years ago, it felt so impossible, but now it really looks like things are lining up. So I want to read to you from Revelation, my favorite part of Revelation. It's, um, it's in verse 7, and it's the portion right after John scribes the 144,000 tr- Jews that will become ministers during the tribulation and the 12,000 that come from the 12 tribes. And this is starting in verse 9. And um, I'll just read it. It's the subtitle is The Great Multitude in White Robes. After this, I looked, and there before me was a great multitude that no one could count, from every nation, tribe, people, and language, standing before the throne and before the Lamb. They were wearing white robes and were holding palm branches in their hands. And they cried out in a loud voice, Salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. And all the angels were standing around the throne and around the elders and the four living creatures. And they fell down on their faces before the throne and worshiped God, saying, Amen. Praise and glory and wisdom and thanks and honor and power and strength be to our God forever and ever. Amen. I love those verses. That was 9 through 12. And I I try to picture what that looks like. All these people in white robes gathered around the throne and the angels there singing and proclaiming God's power. This is a this is a true picture of a celebration. I love celebrations, don't you? So this is this big gathering of people and with the angelic beings, everybody in the same realm, everyone seeing each other, everyone glowing with God's glory and praising God and the Lamb who is Christ for the works they have done. Everything that is going to happen is good and is for our good and is for the glory of God in the coming days. And this scene gives me hope and encourages me. And the main reason this does is because if you go back to verse 9, the great multitude were told who that great multitude is. And this is super exciting. The great multitude that you couldn't count. It, there were so many people there, you couldn't count it. Imagine what that looks like. Like the biggest gathering of humanity since the dawn of creation. And we're told that who these people are is representatives from every nation, every tribe, people, and language group. Now we know way back in the Old Testament when the servants of God 
were not serving him, and they wanted to build the Tower of Babel. And that's another whole podcast about why they did that. But God scattered the people so they would go forth and multiply, so that they would stay with that original command in Genesis to go forth and multiply. And God scattered them and gave them different languages so that they couldn't communicate with each other and build this tower. He he actually scattered the languages so that the people would go out. They would separate, go forth and subdue. And when he did that, he created more than 7,000 languages. And today, there are more than 7,000 languages spoken on planet Earth. That is, in this verse 9, it says, every nation, tribe, people, and language. Now, when Christ ascended, after he raised from the dead, he appeared to his disciples, and then remember, he gathered them together at the before he ascended into the heavens, the last time that he was seen in physical form. He ascended, he said, go ye now into every nation and tribe and teach what I've taught you. Well, here in verse 9, the vision that John sees what Christ commanded at his ascension becomes fulfilled. We actually do go into every nation. We actually do evangelize every language group. All 7,156, the number changes because there's discovering new languages because of... um. Languages can morph, pick up uh, different um, languages, can come together and create a new language group. So there's some, there's the numbers change slightly, but we're discovering that there are many, there are still uh, more than, uh, I think it's 1,500 that have yet to receive the word, the truth in their own language. And so we're told in Revelation 7, 9, though, that all of those languages are there, which is why I have hope, because that means the kingdom work that we are to be doing, which is building a multitude of people to be Jesus's people, we actually finish the task. Our work is not in vain. You're sharing the gospel. You're loving the unlovable. You ministering to the sick. All of this is building the Lord's kingdom. And those people are before the throne in a future day. And we are told that every single language group is there. So, I'm excited. I'm happy. And as I look out my window in this beautiful mountain topography, and I see the valley below with little houses dotting the green pastures, and then the towering trees beside me, and I say, oh, thank you, Lord. This is just so beautiful. And and he accepts my gratitude, but I also hear him say, oh, but child, this is just a shadow 
of what the real thing is and just a shadow of what is to come. Okay, that's it for today. I'm excited to be back on this podcast, and I want to say to you, check me out at lauriegreenwestlake.com and have a very blessed and beautiful day. Amen.